Alrighty. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> We're both dying. We're so sick today, so don't mind the uh, sick voices. Yeah. <laughs> so today, I thought it could be interesting to go through some like moral questions um, and what our opinions are on different like moral things. Okay. Um, this was sparked by a tweet that I saw. But we'll get into that. I have a different question first. Okay. Because this seems like a good launching kind of Launching pad. pad? (laughs) Um, So my first question, Mm -hmm. how do you decide what is moral and what's not? Um. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, How do you decide what is moral and is not? Okay. So I think that like when when it comes person to person, I think it's instinctual. I think that like you know what feels right and what doesn't kind of thing and like what like jives with you basically I think as a society it's almost like the average of that like we all kind of come to like understand and like agree certain things and like that's just like what becomes like socially acceptable within like your society I think the issue that we run into is that um sometimes that conflicts because if it's not instinctual that means it's coming from somewhere which could be either like culture religion different stuff like that Mm. so that's where like I feel like people kind of end up going up against each other yeah I feel like what is moral is like learned I guess what do you think um I'm sure that it's instinctual to some people but I think that you do have to learn because stuff that we thought was like fine even like 40 or 50 years ago you know what I mean so I do feel like it, it, I think that it's instinct, like certain things are instinctual for certain people. And then if they can get enough like backing or like whatever, like what's that thing? Like reassurance basically. Yeah. yeah. Then it kind of becomes this thing and then everybody can start like start to see like, oh yeah, that, <laughs> that was a little immoral, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard too though, because like it's almost as if like we, because different places have completely different morals and beliefs obviously right. um, for a number of different reasons, but One thing that has just always kind of sat sort of weird with me is um, there's like this dog meat festival in, I want to say it's in China, but it might be in Korea. Um, We'll look it up and we'll fact check. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but, uh, there's this dog meat festival and every single year people do like this huge petition um, against this saying like it's horrible. And obviously like I love dogs. I wouldn't eat a dog. I don't think that's okay. I just, there's something weird about it to me because I feel like how are we to say that that's not okay because we don't do that in our culture, but we're fine with any other animal, just not specifically dogs. And there's a a few things that go into the dog meat festival just because I know there's going to be someone in the comments because it's not something that's been around forever over there. Um, And it's something that sort of was, as far as I understand, created to kind of push sales of dog meat. But anyways. Okay. Um, but what do you think about that? About specifically the dog meat festival? No. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't know anything about just, it. <laughs> just about like, like, like where do those morals kind of end basically like across borders? Oh man, this is like, my brain is just turning like a million miles a second. Um, I think that, yeah, I think you're exactly right with the fact that different cultures have different senses of what is moral and and what like societal laws you abide by um i think that for me at the end of the day what i try to do is like 
I don't know if it's because I watch so many doctor shows, but I try to do no harm, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally like what I try to follow. So if I'm doing harm to somebody, whether that's physical or emotional, I don't know that I've really done anything physically harmful to anybody. <laughs> like, Alyssa has some stories yeah. to tell. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I that's kind of what where my moral compass like lies. Um, but yeah, that is so interesting because I know that other cultures obviously, um, feel like cows are sacred or pigs as well. Um, yet in Western culture, yeah, it's not that way for a lot of people. Yeah. So I totally understand what you're saying in that regard. And it is interesting. Yeah. It's, it's hard because like, I think that a lot of Western people, like if you were to pose the same argument of being like, well, we eat cows, blah, blah, blah. They'd be like, yeah, but it's like totally different. Like, you know, like I, I just feel like it's so, um, we're so desensitized to it here because that is just what's like socially acceptable that it's unfathomable to eat a dog. Yeah. But it's just so, it's so different. Like it's so, so different. Yeah. I wonder, okay. So the reason I think that it's so unfathomable to eat a dog, which I agree, I would never eat a dog. Um, (laughs) Let's just clear the air. (laughs) Yeah. But is because it's domesticated. And so we, yeah. as this is my opinion, yeah, yeah. but um, like we as a society have become friends with this animal. And that is how I feel that vegans who um, don't eat meat or uh, animal byproducts or whatever feel about all animals. And I yeah. like in, in my understanding and like in this head, that's how I feel is that they feel like all of the animals are their friends, the ones that are doing it for the animals. Type yeah. Thing. And, I, and I think in different cultures as well and like different parts of the world, um, <clears throat> there is such a problem with like so many wild dogs that it's sort of like dogs are just seen as like, they are just seen as like wild animals kind right. of thing. Yeah. It's not like the same kind of like companionship sort of. Right. And piece. yeah, it's like, I mean, like I said, I don't know anything about this festival, but festival, sorry, but um yeah, almost like it's like food is food type of thing. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say I'm not endorsing this festival. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just have, I just, I just, I don't know. There's just something that's always kind of not sat right with me because I feel like how is it, how, like it just doesn't really kind of like make sense to me to judge somebody else's culture and morals and, and all that. Like it's just such a sticky situation. But yeah, um, but let, let the record show that I do not agree with this. Well, and that's the thing is like, that is what we're trying to do on this podcast is like make these topics that, excuse me, are like harder to talk about because they are like sticky situations yeah. um, and talk about them in like a, a approachable. Well, I was going to say appropriate, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an approachable way where you can feel safe. Um, okay. So moving on to my next question, this was actually, so this was what sparked this whole idea for this podcast for me. Um, I saw this tweet that was basically like this girl was saying, um, like she was like you too spend your money on drugs and alcohol don't act like you're above giving five or ten dollars to a homeless person right um and then there was like all these people in the comments like basically praising that it was like a really popular tweet got retweeted a ton and i just i don't know that i agree and i do feel like there's a difference between that but i want to hear your thoughts on it first okay um so from a really really young age when I was in grade six I got invited to like a speaking conference because I mean it was all like other grade sixers but it was like a big I uh, don't know if you've heard of it it's called TED Talks <laughs> I'm like 12 years old I'm like the youngest kid up there hi guys <laughs> um but for a speech that I wrote on um homelessness I've been really really like like wanting to help 
the homeless for like a very long time. Uh, and I, so I, I do have a lot of feelings about it in recent years my efforts and like my understanding of what to do to help have like gone on the wayside because I think that it's just such a more complex situation that I my 12 year old brain could have ever understood obviously um so what I will say is I did know some police officers uh (laughs) at like as acquaintances not like in a bad way (laughs) (laughs) hopefully acquainted with some police officers yeah (laughs) But from the Vancouver area, uh, who did work downtown, uh, and then on East Hastings, which is like uh, the main homeless street. Yeah, East Hastings. For those that have never <laughs> been to the Vancouver area, it's just one like it's one street that's just really, really saturated with right. drug addiction, uh, homelessness, and yeah, like it's yeah. just a really bad area, basically. And those police officers were saying that there are a lot of those addicts because quite a few of them are addicts. Um, they do have places to go uh, and like homes and shelters and stuff that will take them, but that they choose to be on the street Mm. um, because obviously their addiction is running their life at that point. And so that, when I found that out, it kind of did open my eyes a little bit into like, okay, so having a home isn't the issue here, right? So then I kind of had to like reevaluate and reassess like what I was going to do to help. Sorry, that was really long-winded, but anyway. (laughs) Um, I... I don't think I do give homeless people money. I think I have a couple of times, um, but it's usually when I sit and like have conversations with them, which I actually don't find myself doing very often because we live so far out of the city. Um, But even recently I was at like a grocery store and I saw this man sitting outside with his sign and everything. And so I bought him like a blanket and uh, because it was really cold and like a, a sandwich and Gatorade and stuff like that. So I think that the way that I try to feel about it is that I if I can help people that I feel a connection to immediately I will yeah but I've also been privy to and close to and struggled with addiction myself so I understand that if money is available to you and you have addiction that is where it's going where it's going to go um and I would rather focus my efforts on keeping a person who's in active addiction fed warm so that they're not getting sick, that kind of thing. I would rather focus my efforts there than on them being able to get more drugs because honestly, if they need to get more drugs, if they're in active addiction, they'll find a way. Yeah, for sure. And it it doesn't need to be me. What I want to do is keep them like safe and as healthy as they can be. Yeah. Yeah. I I just kind of like, I read that and I felt like it was just, the original statement to me is just like awfully reductive. Like I feel like it's just such a like, like you're looking at one side of the coin and there's so many different aspects to that. I feel like there's so many other ways um, that we should be helping outside of just giving people money here and there. Because ultimately, yeah, like if it if it is someone um, dealing with addiction issues, I I don't want to, you know, enable that, and I do, I don't want to be part of that. And so it, it's hard because like I do feel like there's a difference between someone who's using drugs and alcohol recreationally and someone who's addicted and Um, especially if that was something that led to that circumstance, I think that there should be so many other, um, you know, resources in place for these people, mental health wise, addiction wise, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that is like really where people's focus should be, not just about like whether or not it's petty to feel like you don't want to give money because they're going to spend it on alcohol, which to me is like, I don't think that that's unreasonable. To not want to give people money? 
to not want to give people money thinking that it's going to go to like substances yeah well at the end of the day the money that you have is yours yeah and you can choose to do with with it whatever you want um and I totally understand that as well but I I agree that I I think that people look at homelessness and homeless people as in like look down on them so much inferior yeah yeah and I I don't feel that way yeah of course and I do feel like whether you're in active addiction you're in recovery you have a like mental health or you just had a shitty situation at home and you've been really fucking down on your luck yeah I look at all of that and I do want to help and I think that there should be like centers and stuff like that available and honestly there's a lot of misconception about that kind of stuff even when I was in Denmark uh they were my my like extended family was talking about the homeless situation in Vancouver because they knew that I was moving here and uh they were really not educated on it and I had to educate them and I had to bring up facts that that was proving them wrong yeah I was like this is really disappointing that these people who are literal like adults and very educated like my extended family they all have like multiple degrees and shit because like education's like uh, subsidized by the government out there and I was just like man how disappointing (laughs) it is disappointing and like I think again like it's sort of like culturally we look down on those people and we feel like when the people that are like get a job oh my god yeah like that kind of shit drives me nuts and like going back to the lack of education and the kind of like stigma around homelessness um there's a for those of you that don't know, there's um, a really kind of like controversial program in Vancouver called Insight. And it's um, basically just a, it's a legal safe injection site. So they supply um, needles that are like safe and new um, and they have medical staff on site to help um, if like you were overdosing or anything, whatever. Um, And a lot of people like really look down on this because they feel like it's like the government basically being like, here's drugs kind of thing. Um, but that sort of like intertwines with this whole concept of like, like you, you're not about to change someone's mind by like giving them money or not giving them money kind of thing because they're already in that situation. And I think that when it comes to like the drug problem, especially in Vancouver, Insight has been unbelievably like successful it's been so helpful for the community because instead of people going out and you know spreading different diseases which can be spread through used needles and all this kind of stuff less people are dying less people are overdosing like it's just not overdosing sorry less people are dying from overdoses right um and i think that that's uh it it is so beneficial and and instead of trying to forcibly rehabilitate these people that maybe are like you said earlier, like maybe they don't even want to be rehabilitated. It's sort of just giving them like a safer means of living um, comfortably. Mm. And I think that that should be the goal. So I think exactly like you said, just like, you know, offering things that they need rather than giving money for right. who knows what. Right. And I don't know, I shouldn't have said, well, I don't know if I did say this, but um, I don't mean that they don't want to be rehabilitated, but maybe they're just not ready. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think that deep down everybody does want to get better yeah (laughs) but I think that uh, I mean I've been there so yeah yeah. and I think that another thing I know that this is going off track but another thing that adds to the stigma is people look at addiction as inferior oh for sure oh there's like such an issue with that well yeah and I mean if you even look at like let's say like the opioid opioid crisis (laughs) 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 I'm so sick um uh which is generally speaking the safe injection site is like for opioids because why can I say that word I don't know opioids <laughs> um uh, if you look at that I mean th- 
most of the people that I have come in contact with who have an opioid addiction have gotten their first hit from an actual doctor because they broke a bone or like whatever. I know that that there's people who didn't and they, you know, went through the the gateway drugs or whatever. Um, But that's the thing is like you don't even stop to think yeah about like where these issues and these addictions are stemming from yeah and and i think that there is just such a lack of education around it and that's been something that's kind of like interesting in my relationship with matt because again like i just think so differently from him i haven't struggled with addiction myself so like it's so hard for me to understand compulsion Mm. because like i just that's not my reality at all and i think that a lot of people feel similarly to that and that's kind of where like all of these stigmas come into play but it's just it's so unfortunate keep saying it i keep saying it if you haven't been there can't understand it (laughs) (laughs) okay so i disagree with that tweet ultimately um okay so this was something however i will sorry oh go ahead i will say about that tweet i think though i yes i think that that is extremely reductive um i think that it's important that people are talking about it more yeah, that's true. And then it gives a platform. If that tweet got really popular, it gives a platform for people to start educating. Because there could be uneducated people in the comments, and then there could oh, be there educated is. people in the comments. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's that's good. All's well that ends well. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this was a statement that you made in a uh, previous podcast. I'm going to be paraphrasing what? a little bit. <laughs> um, so we had been having a discussion basically about um, aquariums and eating meat and stuff like that. And you said in a previous podcast, I think eating meat and seeing a whale in a swimming pool is different. Mm. So my question is, um, why is that different? Okay. So I do remember that podcast. That was the bucket list podcast. (laughs) Um, I feel like, why eat meat first off? Um, I, I feel like because meat gives us sustenance because it fuels us for me there's a purpose to that Mm. i understand people i understand people's right and choice to not eat that because you can sustain life without meat absolutely i i'm i totally agree with that um but because it, it serves a purpose i feel like that's so different than taking this creature this beautiful animal that needs space to live and roam yeah and putting it in a swimming pool uh, and just because I eat meat doesn't mean that I agree with factory farming and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, because of course I'm also horrified in the way that a lot of like chickens and cows and pigs and stuff like that, especially in, in the U S and Canada, I'm sure, but you hear about it a lot in the U S, um, are raised and then farmed. Uh, and when I went to Iceland, it was actually like so eye opening because they don't, they don't, uh, uh, do those practices my brain is shutting off um with their <laughs> with their sheep uh I, we got to watch the migration of sheep and though they only live for a year they those sheep live out their lives in the wild mm. and then whoever's whoever owns the sheep the family or the company or whatever it is um they all go out on horseback they take two horses so that they can switch horses uh and they go and herd these sheep and those mm. sheep live like their whole lives just which is only a year like you said but they live their lives like in the mountains and then they come and then are are taken to feed iceland mostly because that's where most people in iceland live um so yeah i don't agree with like a lot of the factory farming and stuff but i do think that there is such a difference between me going to a zoo and looking at this like these animals caged and me sustaining my body with fuel yeah I 
Okay. Disagree. <laughs> um, I don't even want to go as far as to say I disagree. Um, and I want to preface this by saying I, I don't judge people that eat meat, regardless of the fact that I choose not to. It, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't bother me, but like I'm not like sitting there like seething about it or like right. judging you. Like I just feel like it's so socially normal. Um, and it, like I just, I don't judge people that eat meat, mm-hmm. point blank. So I think the main difference is that it's just a lack of exposure we pay to go into an aquarium we get there we see it and we can just like see and feel how wrong it is we're not paying to go into a slaughterhouse right and i think that if that exposure was there in in the same way that an aquarium is like not like you're just seeing images kind of like in passing but you're there seeing it i think that would be such a different thing for people and i think that that lack of exposure isn't going to exist simply put unless Mm -hmm. you're going looking for it and you're Mm -hmm. not going to right um and i think that that is what creates that disconnect and ultimately i feel Mm -hmm. like that is why certain forms of animal cruelty are not seen as being a severe because it's just not what happens to resonate with that individual person So I think that that is where people can kind of put things on like a little bit of a ranking system like, okay, eating meat, not that bad. Whales in an aquarium, real bad. Mm -hmm. Mink eyelashes, don't love it. You know, like you can kind of go through and compartmentalize all of these different things because of that lack of exposure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah, I understand that. And I could be vegetarian one day. I I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking about it now. (laughs) No, no, no. But like that's the thing is I'm not like crossing it off of my list. I was plant-based for a while back in like, I don't know, 2014 or something like that because I had seen a bunch of videos and stuff. But ultimately that kind of started to lend into a really restrictive like Mm. eating situation for me and I lost a ton of weight and um, I just kind of like started restricting more and more so it wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. Um, And the way that I eat right now is the healthiest that my body feels. Uh, I did try to take away meat last year and it didn't really go that well. I was really sick. <laughs> uh, and you and I were actually talking about this last night. It's kind of like a, a system where you have to, it's like trial and error. Mm. <clears throat> uh, and because I'm like just defending why I eat meat now. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to, but I just, I'm here now. Yeah. Um, and We've gone down this pathway, so. Yeah. And uh, I just, my body isn't like healthy enough right now to start like fucking with it, basically, now that I've found something that's working right now. But yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think that there is a, a big difference between us being able to like see with our own two eyes, like mm, something's not right here. Mm. And then having to go onto like YouTube or something to like watch it because watching a slaughter in a video is a lot different than watching it in front of your eyes. I'm sure I haven't witnessed one. Yeah, but I would. Nor have I. Um, I really like the point that you brought up about how um, that led you to disordered eating. Not that that's like the norm, but um, I think that that's really uh, important to note because something that's always really bothered me about um, media and content involving eating plant-based and veganism and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that is a carbonated drink. Um, something that's always really bothered me is I feel like, uh, a lot of vegan media is very, very reductive. I can't stand it. Um, I I just, I, I've never liked the argument that like it's easy and anyone can do it and you should be doing it. And what, like, I just feel like because it's easy for you doesn't necessarily mean it's easy for everyone. And I think that that's like, a really good example because a lot of people do kind of argue back being like well there's medical reasons and people are like what medical reasons but that is so true I'm not somebody that like struggles with disordered eating except for I eat a lot of poutine um (laughs) but like 
when I was eating vegan vegan and I was like into it and I was consuming a lot of media and stuff like that, it was hard not to go down a path of kind of like getting very obsessive, like orthorexia kind of thing, like obsessive about what you're eating, how you're eating it, all that kind of stuff. Like, should I cook this? Should I not cook this? What's going to be more nutritious? Like just things that like you can't see the nutrition, you know what I mean? Like it's not like you can actually really calculate yourself whether or not cooking it for three minutes versus five minutes but like I think that stuff like that can lead to it and I think that's a really valid point that you just brought up thank you I uh, appreciated that okay I think I'm gonna know your opinion on this but maybe not okay should we allow euthanasia uh yeah yeah is that what you thought yeah okay uh should I go on (laughs) sure if you want uh yeah I think so I think that there should be strict guidelines on like what is you know, acceptable. But what guidelines? I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, but really like, because at first I was like, okay, you have to be in a sound mind. But like, how, like, yeah, sorry, go on. So off the top of my head, I haven't thought this through because like, okay, so some, like when we do these, Sam doesn't give me the questions beforehand so that I can come (laughs) out with like a cool answer. It's like, this is happening now. (laughs) So (laughs) off the top of my head, what I would say is that, you would have to sign it kind of like a dnr like Mm. a do not resuscitate like if i'm in like palliative care like something where i like a terminal illness but do it while you're in your sound mind yeah sign that and say at this point this is my this is my like we're doing it type of thing um as long as i say i want to do it type of thing um and i believe in it especially because as a lot of you know i lost my dad he did not want to be laying there unable to care for himself and um he was really scared about being like unconscious mm. and being able to hear and and whatever and not Ooh. being able to itch and stuff like that and i mean he yeah and he was terminally ill like he was going to die it was just like a matter of time exactly um and so he <clears throat> he wanted somebody to do something if that was the case and I was like well obviously we can't and we obviously didn't end up doing anything that's illegal but um it I do know what it looks like and the desperation that people that people can (laughs) can feel in those moments so that is why I feel like we should allow it but I think that it it is dangerous and I understand why it's so there needs to be like such intense restrictions around it yeah yeah uh, I uh, listened to this there's a podcast actually it's out of uh, Halifax I think it's called Sick Boy um, and it's these I think there's four guys but basically they interview people that are ill in mm. any any different way um, and this one lady was um, going through with euthanasia um, euthanasia just in case no one knows what it is or someone doesn't know what it is it's just assisted suicide um, so she was going through with euthanasia and I like was sobbing that entire thing. But like she had planned like this like really like special day kind of thing. Like this friend of hers was going to come in and play guitar and he had like a specific song and then she was going to be like around like a few people that she wanted and like just like planned this whole thing. And she was like, I think that's so beautiful that I get to control Mm. that thing and like make it this special moment. Um, And it was just like such a like cool way of looking at it <laughs> cool way but like it was it was a different a different angle yeah yeah and, and it was like really just it was pleasant and like heartbreaking all at the same time <laughs> yeah i just don't feel like there's a necessity for human suffering like that yeah and, and i think that it's just so um this is what's so unfortunate about medical care is like 
obviously we can never know what you're actually feeling in your body. Right. So like you would potentially present as being a healthy, like normal, whatever kind of thing, but no one can know like what's doctors know, but like they don't know. They don't feel it. Feel it. You know, like what's going on with every different thing in your body. And I think that that's what's so unfortunate about that is like this person could really be suffering and seem like they're still okay um yeah I just think like I said my dad was like that they kept sending him home I'm like are you fucking joking me (laughs) quit sending him home (laughs) I was like this man is literally going to pass away and I'm gonna have to walk in there like god damn yeah Yeah. but that is true um okay (laughs) should we impose population control oh I read a book about it when I was in uh, like elementary school or something. I can't remember what it was called. Jesus, that's a heavy topic for elementary school. No, not really. It was kind of, I mean, yeah. Okay, first graders. (laughs) Sort of. But I can't remember what it was called. The... No, I won't remember. But anyway, it was basically like, yeah, you were only allowed to have one kid. Yeah. And then you had to hide your other kids. Oh, it was like a fiction book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It wasn't like an actual thing about like population control and like whatever. But yeah. I did have a pen pal from China. Oh, really? Yeah. And she asked if I had any brothers or sisters. And I said I had a brother. And then I asked her if she had any. And she said that we're not allowed. Yeah. So I I did become privy to that, like, really young. Um, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> that one's, like, I feel like a tricky, tricky yeah. one. What do you feel? Okay, so I think the main issue with... Um, population control is that it would almost inevitably lead to uh, like valuing one sex over another Mm. Um, and so that would be an issue because if people were editing genomes to have only boys and then we wouldn't have enough diversity you know what I'm saying it's slippery slope without editing genomes okay but um, do you think that the world's still like that that they value men over women uh, depends on the culture but but, but I think I think generally speaking yeah yeah i do yeah so interesting it is interesting that's a whole other topic yeah (laughs) um uh but there was this um video on youtube it's super short um but it was a really interesting explanation of population control and how you know like a lot of like people kind of believe in implementing this okay um but that almost like populations do start to like balance themselves out Um, And so they talked about how, you know, like in, especially like in third world countries, it's sort of like people were having a ton of kids because so many kids were dying off. So it was like they would just like they wouldn't end up with that many kids, but they'd have a ton of kids. And then like as they gain more resources and stuff like that, these kids aren't dying off as quickly. But then people eventually start having less kids. And like it just said that like, you know, historically, this is kind of the pattern that it's followed is that like over time we do kind of get to a place where we're not overpopulating anymore. And naturally that kind of happens as we have more resources. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that the, I don't know that the issue is overpopulation as much as it is um, that there's a lack of infrastructure in place to contain the side effects of that population um, because obviously we have so many like ecological problems from the amount of people there are and driving cars and industry and all that kind of stuff. But I think that that should be, it's it's almost like people will do anything to control people without having to change business. <laughs> yeah. And I think that business should be the thing that's changed before implementing yeah. population control. I agree with that too. I think if population control was a thing, it would just lend to crime. 
And oh, really? Yeah, because, well, I'm getting this from like a sixth grade fiction book. <laughs> but when when I was reading this, it was like these people had to hide these hidden children. Yeah. I wonder if it was called hidden. Anyway. <laughs> um, I read the same book. <clears throat> did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, and people had to like do different things and break the law and stuff like that. And then the government would have to be somehow figuring out what to do and like cracking down. And then would we be in like this society where there's police coming to your house and ransacking your house and stuff like that like how would how logistically like how would this law and i think that would lead to like a lot of like unhappiness frankly because like that's just such a intensive law um and it's so personal getting into that kind of thing so yeah i don't know I, i just think that can lead to no good personally but well and our generation is having less kids than uh past generations anyway yeah so there you go yeah um okay on the topic of children Mm -hmm. uh there was a black mirror episode um and it was about a mom oh my god weird that i referenced black mirror and then you're referencing black mirror (laughs) um so this episode was about a mom who basically she had something like implemented into or implanted sorry into her kid and then she could watch the kids like every move on this ipad I saw that one yeah and she could actually also put on this thing where she could see what her child was seeing um and it was a really fucked up episode anyway um so then another thing that i saw recently uh there was a thread on reddit uh about a parent who intercepted this email that their child got from google and basically the email said like hey now that you're 13 some changes can be implemented to your account and it allowed the child to then change um like different settings that the parents had set um and the parent was like super pissed off about this so my question is, um, at what point does surveillance under the guise of protection become a privacy issue? Can you read that again? <laughs> <laughs> um, at what point does surveillance under the guise of protection become a privacy issue? So you could even put this into like, you know, how like bars would have um, cameras everywhere, but like obviously it'd be inappropriate to have a camera in the bathroom. Right. Hmm. Well, you already know that one of my biggest core values is privacy. Yeah. Like I, I find I hold privacy and like trust and stuff like that, like really to a really high standard. So uh, I don't know at what point Yeah. for me necessarily, but I think that whatever my point is, it's a lot like the line is a lot thinner for, yeah, thinner for, to, for the crossover. Um, I don't believe... <laughs> but I might eat my words if I'm ever a parent. But I don't <laughs> I don't believe that parents should know everything that their kid is doing. Yeah. I do think that privacy is a part of growing and learning and becoming your own person. And uh, kids aren't always doing shit that is bad. It's just like they need to do it themselves without feeling embarrassed. And no matter how open your household is, sometimes you just want to deal with it on your own yeah that's the same way i feel about like sharing passwords with like partners and stuff like that it's just like am i doing anything wrong no but sometimes i don't want you reading exactly what i'm talking about like you know what i mean um so i don't (laughs) under a protection um yeah i guess any home that you own i don't think you should have to have surveillance there. Bathrooms anywhere where you're naked, I guess. <laughs> I don't know where, like, the line is. What about you? Yeah, um, yeah. like, I think it, when it comes to, like, parents and kids, there's a lot of things that are 
very thinly veiled as protection but it really comes down to control yeah like the email about um like that kid being able to change his settings and stuff like that i mean he's fucking 13 yeah like if the kid's gonna watch porn like he's gonna watch porn he's gonna find a way like and i think that there's things like that that like are you uncomfortable with the idea of your 13 year old watching porn or doing something like that online i'm sure it's not the best thing to think about in the world but like it's natural and like I I think that there are things like that where parents are trying to be controlling in a way that doesn't allow for that child to you know explore the things that we all naturally do explore Mm -hmm. and and when you were a kid you might have known that you shouldn't be doing that but it didn't feel probably like you were doing something inherently terribly wrong just Mm -hmm. like you knew you'd probably get a slap on the wrist for it and I think that that's that's what it comes down to is like at some point I think that it's important to be able to allow your kid to make those decisions for themselves as scary as that is Mm -hmm. and I can't I can't obviously imagine being a parent and I'm sure it's so different but yeah well I think in a perfect world for me I would want there to be a level of trust yeah exactly but between us um wherein if I ask something you feel comfortable enough telling me about it even if it's like porn or something like that or like being sexually active like that was a huge conversation in my house like we it was never something that we couldn't talk about any anything related to like the nether regions or whatever (laughs) the nether regions (laughs) yeah it wasn't like a weird topic or like uncomfortable for us to bring up or anything like that um and I think that that's huge because a lot of like even what I learned in school didn't didn't it wasn't right for my body yeah like what they were saying things looked like or whatever that that wasn't how my body reacted to those things and so if I didn't have my mom to talk to or whoever to talk to um I would have never known yeah (laughs) I guess so I think that by just like putting blocks on stuff like that it makes your I mean again I'm not a parent but I feel like it would make your child think that okay well it's not okay so I can't talk about it yeah that's true yeah um what about things like parents putting on like let's say their kid has a phone which like it's fucking crazy to me that like literal children have phones but anyway um what about your parents putting on like you know how you can do like find my friends on Mm. whatever you could you can permanently share your location so people can see where you're going and stuff what do you think about that with parents doing that to their kids interesting gosh i think that i would like that though (laughs) see but that's the thing that's difficult because on one hand it's sort of like like it kind of goes into that dilemma of like your child needs to like make their own decisions and like spread their wings yeah but at the same time it's like that like it it would be so helpful to know where they're at without having to ask them constantly and bother them so they can go do what they want to do and also just like if something did go wrong at least you know where they are you know here's what i wouldn't do i wouldn't put it on their phone without asking yeah of course so well not of course I mean there's people that would for sure yeah um I shouldn't say asking I would tell them that this is what's happening probably because um I mean my family actually well I don't because I lived in Toronto so there was no fucking point to (laughs) but um they share their location with each other just that they know like where they are and like whatever um so yeah I would just be like this is like I want to know like so that I can pick you up or like whatever so that I know you're safe yeah just let me know again going back to the trust thing I would hope that if they wanted to change from the initial plan that they like say they wanted to go to the movies or something like that and then after they wanted to go to Starbucks I I had friends who were scared to tell their parents that we were going to Starbucks after the movie whereas that wasn't an issue for me yeah I would just be like hey mom just letting you know like we're going to Starbucks after the movie um 
I would just be like, just tell me, like, yeah. just let me know or whatever. Um, and then if they forgot to tell me, because that's the thing is sometimes kids aren't trying to be deceitful. They just get ca- caught up. Yeah. And I could be like, oh, hey, like, did you like, how was the movie? And they could be like, oh, good. Like, so sorry. I'm just like at Starbucks or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I think because I am such like a <laughs> literally paranoid person, <laughs> I would because if I had a child, it would be like, oh my God, all consuming, unconditional love. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine. Like I'm not ready. <laughs> the second eye water of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. <laughs> That's like your thing is the chef's kiss. Mine is the eye water. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that I would be like just so I would I would be so scared if like my kids stopped responding or something. Yeah. And I feel like it would make me feel better if I could see their like little dot like moving around or something. Like yeah. That. I don't know. Is that crazy? I, I don't think it's crazy. I think that like there's that episode was so hard to watch because like I did feel for the mom because like sorry mom but like I saw my mom in that in that mom a little bit because she just really cared so much and like she just she wanted her daughter to just be okay yeah and I think that that's like what's so sad the thing that I think that much surveillance and kind of like protecting and putting up walls and kind of stuff can do is that it actually sometimes puts your kid into even more dangerous situations every now and again and so um in what way sorry um because I think that like just like you said if your kid feels like it's a no-no or whatever then right. they're like well i'm not i can't talk about it then so if that happens to me i can't call you or right. whatever um so you know like because kids will do what they are going to do yeah for the most part like yeah. someone's going to probably overstep whatever boundaries you've set mm-hmm. either way so i think that if you've made it an environment where they're you're so um kind of like overbearing and like looking over everything that they're doing i think that that would just lead to even more secrecy and then there can be situations where like you don't know where they are you can't come pick them up you can't help them you know like that i think that i would feel similarly and maybe we will eat our words with our parents but (laughs) i think i would feel similarly that i would want to create that kind of environment for my kid where they can talk to me even if it's something that like you know is maybe a little bit more taboo you're doing drugs you're having sex whatever yeah i would want them to feel more comfortable telling me rather than being more comfortable with the lie yeah like, I, yeah i agree with that so that's uh well and i do believe in like <clears throat> the way that you like the family life that you bring your kids up in and like um just like having a a healthy dynamic for sure i think that that stops a lot of that like really like what we view as like scary yeah behavior from even happening in the first place i always go back to this i had one friend in um middle school their family was like a healthy family unit from the outside anyway and i I think it was the all of those kids are like geniuses (laughs) they never went through like any like crazy shit that i know of like they all turned out like perfectly and i'm like okay well i mean they had dinner all the time like they were allowed to like go out and do stuff, but they never felt the need to like rebel or anything like that. Yeah. I just look at that family and I'm like, okay, like that's, <laughs> that's how it should be done. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, I mean? think, it, yeah, it's just like, it's such a delicate, delicate balance. <coughs> <laughs> I think it's such a delicate balance of like protecting and guiding and stuff like that, but also not stifling. Right. Yeah. It's so tricky. I think like with the surveillance thing, um, just to wrap this one up, I, f- I feel like, if it was my kid, I would probably want to put that thing on their device. Like, let's say they, they were like nine and had a phone, which why? Mm. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's say they were like younger and had a phone. I think I would probably have that on the phone until like a certain age. 
and then be like okay it's your choice this is why i like to have it on here so i can see what you're doing without you having to like tell me or whatever but if you're uncomfortable take it off yeah i agree with that i think that there would be like a certain age much like when you get to drive a car it's like okay well now you get to make adult decisions you get new freedoms yeah because you're an adult yeah Yeah. well there you have it do you believe in curfew yeah you know i just don't know i okay I do, actually. I do believe in curfew. I had a strict curfew. What was your curfew? Like fucking five (laughs) o'clock? In grade 10, it was 10. In grade 11, it was 11. In grade 12, it was 12. Yeah, but you were grounded all the time. You never got to stay out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but like I... Okay, I do believe in curfew because I, I really do feel like the kids that I've seen grow up with structured things like that I don't want to say have turned out better, but like they have healthier dynamics Yeah, in a lot of ways um, in like their personal life with their family, just different. I just think it's good. I think it's like a good thing. So I do believe in curfew. I think that it should be flexible, yes. not day to day flexible, but like you have an event that you're going to and whatever. Um, and I also think when it comes to like saying no to your kid, I think that you not... I don't want to say you should always have a reason because I don't want to eat my words. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I I really don't believe in no because I said so. Yeah, the because I said so, like the, that's a no for me. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like putting that idea into someone's mind that like I have so much control over you that it, I don't need to give you any kind of reason. You just listen to me. I, I think that that's not a positive thing. Like I think that it's natural for people to question things and wonder why and stuff like that. And I do also think that there should be a reason behind why you're telling someone no, they can't do that. So for instance, um, when we were kids, we <laughs> we tried to go camping with a bunch of boys. And I was like, hey, mom, because <laughs> I was like going to be like honest about it. I was like, hey, mom, can we go camping with a bunch of boys? And she was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, why? And she was like, because I don't want you guys to go up there and have sex. So it's like, OK, fair enough. But like, <laughs> at least I had a reason as to why. <laughs> I didn't know she said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she said that. Or she she wasn't that like blunt about it. It was a little more veiled. She was like, you know, when boys of that age get together, I just don't think it's a good idea. Like, oh. yeah. Um, but uh, like, I think that it's it's a positive thing. Say no to your kid by all means, but I think there should be a reason behind it. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think that saying because I said so doesn't lead to any education yeah exactly it's just like okay well what you say goes like what about when those people like i know this is like a little dramatic but like when you enter the workforce and people say no that kind of stifles innovative thinkers it's like okay but why yeah i'm all about the why well and i and i i think that there should be an opportunity to challenge certain things like i think (laughs) my dad made a speech at my wedding where he said that like raising boys was so easy because he would just tell them what to do and they were like okay and then like he would tell me what to do and i would like put up an argument and then he'd make some good arguments and then he'd be like nah, okay like but I but I think that that is a good thing like I think that you should be able to kind of question the status quo and, and say like why is this this way and is there a better way to do this is there a way that works more you know like it's more mutually beneficial um I think that that's a a good thing and I think that that leads to like a more open communication overall which can lead to your kid being safer 
Oh, she really came, made that come full circle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I do believe in curfew as well. I'll just put that in there. Do you? Yeah. I didn't have one. Yeah, you loved the fact that you had, didn't have a curfew at the time. but Well, that's the thing. Okay, so I actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll quickly go into this. I did have a curfew. I kept breaking it. Uh, and then eventually I didn't have a curfew because I kept breaking it, yeah. basically. But I do think that structure is important. But I think that you have to be able to back up that structure with something uh worthwhile yeah so if i'm not allowed to go out like i don't have curfew i think that there needs to be other things set in place that keep you occupied instead of just being in your house in your room watching tv yeah um because boredom is the silent killer (laughs) we weren't allowed to have tvs in our bedroom yeah tv was a big thing (laughs) in my house yeah (laughs) um okay should we get involved in other countries issues in your opinion involved how okay so I had this as a follow-up, but I'm going <laughs> to join it now. Um, so issues like the concentration camps that are taking place right now in China. First of all, do you feel like it's none of our business because it's not our country? And secondly, do you feel like it's not worth it because you're then avoiding potential world wars rather than getting involved? I don't know enough about um, world events and politics to really like responsibly answer that. Mm. Uh, my instinct is that I think that we, regardless of what like imaginary fucking borders we've painted in our earth, I think that we are all one human race. So I think that we, in theory, should be helping each other. Um, But I'm also not privy to the, uh, not idiosyncrasies, but what am I trying to say? I have no idea. Uh, like the details of what goes into possibly like the ramifications and whatever of possibly helping with these things. Uh, so in a perfect world, yes, I think that we should, but I think that, that there are people so much more qualified to say like why we aren't or why we are, but things like famine and, and, um, disease and stuff like that. I read a book about, um, influence and not in like the social media influencer but how like uh we can influence people to make more positive decisions to help them in their daily life basically um and they were talking about this thing called the gillyworm i'm pretty sure it was this was a while ago um anyway these this company this group of people like managed to influence this other group of people to change their practices so that they eradicated this parasite basically mm. um and i think that that is like even just things like that are are so helpful yeah i mean it's not as a grand of a scale as obviously the things that you uh mentioned but i do think that we have as humans part of the human race we have a responsibility to help other humans as a part of the human race yeah i agree i think that it's um because a lot of people like look at things and and those are very extreme examples that i first listed but it was supposed to be a follow-up um (laughs) But, uh, like, I think that there's things, like, people feel like, well, we have people that are starving. We have people that are homeless. We have people that are blah, blah, blah. And so I think that people feel like, why are we not focusing our sites here rather than overseas or wherever? Right. Um, But I think that, like, first of all, I feel like it's not mutually exclusive because, like, really, you should be doing both. And I think especially, you know, being in a country that is so rich in resources, um, it was really disappointing. There was a time where um, Canada was bringing in a lot of Syrian refugees. <coughs> refugees. 
Um, and a lot of the people on my Facebook at the time were basically saying like, this is ridiculous. Like we're bringing in these people and they're going to be taking our resources and stuff like that. And it just was like, I mean, first of all, yes, there are parts of Canada and there are certain groups of people, especially that are not given the same resources as other people. These are people I went to high school with. When have you ever noticed a lack of resources, dude? Yeah. Like, and, and I think that it's unfortunate because the general mindset of people, like movers and shakers, is not to actually help people. It's just to make money. And right. I think that that's the real issue. I think that we absolutely have a responsibility to help other people and I don't feel like you should just be pushed to the wayside because you happened to be born in a different country that is what I was gonna say next that's the thing it's fucking happenstance I was thinking about this the other day it's just like it's it's like you won the lottery yeah you know what I mean and and I don't say that in a way I don't want that, that to be misconstrued it's just like we live where we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from or our clean drinking water or if the air is going to give us cancer in however many years. Yeah. Like, to me, that is quality life. Like, yeah. f- that. wow, crazy, amazing that we were born in Canada. We didn't choose that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's just like you're almost like looking down on other people for something that they did not choose and they could not have cho- chosen. So like, yeah. it's just such an unfortunate thing to me. And I think that we would feel differently if we weren't in such a privileged com- country. Like, yeah. I, I don't think people would hold that belief if they were in a country where they felt unsafe mm-hmm. or, you know, any of those things. And, and I think that that's something that's, it's just so sad. It's so sad that there's like that lack of empathy and connection between people yeah. because as much as like obviously we're worlds apart in a lot of ways it's just like if your country was in need you would hope to god that people would be willing to help yeah well and that's the thing is like so cheesy but like walk a mile in someone else's shoes yeah and what if that did happen to us yeah exactly so going into like the more intense things like concentration camps and stuff like that obviously there's like horrible horrible things um and a lot of people are talking about um the issue happening in china um so basically anyone that's not caught up to speed um i'm just going to give a very quick kind of overview there's essentially what's detention camps concentration camps being set up in china for um a particular group of muslim peoples and um they they're being tortured they're being killed it's it's horrible it's horrific it's like honestly holocaust all over again and so a lot of people are looking at that saying why are we not stepping in because this is so this is exactly what happened right and why are we not doing something about it and i was reading an article that was saying that like you know one of the biggest issues that 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 can trigger world wars and so you're kind of then brought into the dilemma of do i save this many people and then this many people have to die for it or do i ignore this many people kind of thing and i think that that's like what's so like it's just it's it's such a scary concept to think that something that huge is going on and that could trigger something even bigger by stepping in but i feel like it's so morally wrong to not step in wow that's that's yeah that's really upsetting yeah it is um yeah i feel like fuck man in like our day and age of technology and like just like what we know how is there not a more like innovate i've used that word so many times but like innovative (laughs) or like creative way to stop this from happening other than 
like a world war like how do we not have the resources or the information how to like stop this from happening without like involving all these people and sending people to to war basically Ugh, god the world fucking sucks man it really does this is a depressing episode <laughs> yeah um here's a follow-up question so if we are in agreement that like we should be stepping into other countries issues um uh what then constitutes an issue large enough that it needs outside involvement right that's the thing is like there's there's so much atrocity yeah in the world we can't possibly focus on all of it at the same time or even in the same lifetime but that's that's what makes it so sad almost is like um I was watching Mindhunter. I'm referencing a lot of things you guys are going to have to go watch and read afterwards. <laughs> but I was watching Mindhunter and um, it's this episode, it's this series on TV about like this, these people that go and interview serial killers. But um, they were on this one case in Atlanta where all of these black children had gone missing, like over 20, I think closer to 30 people had been, gone missing and were, ended up being killed. Um, and one of the characters basically said something like, how many more? Right need to go missing before this is something that you'll pay attention to and i think that that's where you get into that issue with stepping into other countries problems is that how do you put a marker on that like a thousand deaths ten thousand deaths like how can you put that value on human life and say like it's not really worth our attention until it gets to this point yeah Uh, like it's just such a it's such a tricky thing and i also don't know the legality like you were talking about behind how do you actually go into countries and stop this shit from happening legally? Yeah. Like well, it's... That's the thing is like, I think that we all sit here and are, well, and especially like the elections coming up in Canada, we sit here and we just criticize and criticize without really... Knowing the knowing what goes into it. Yeah. Or like what we, what we would be able to do. Yeah. And I agree. I think that people shouldn't make promises that they can't keep. I don't agree with that. That's fucking politics. But aside from that, it's like... I can't even imagine that nuance. That's the word I was looking for. The nuance that like literally every single thing that's implemented takes. Yeah. I can't either. And I think that that's the thing, like stepping in on something like um, these detention camps in China, you would have to do it through a means of something that was probably illegal, like going in and doing something bad. And it would trigger a world war. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's just like like honestly there's just so many things that are like so complex that it's like even if morally like this is so horrible it's like like what is the answer truly like it's just so yeah well i'm sad now (laughs) okay okay let's land on one final one that's um also depressing is there any difference in value of life between humans between humans and animals why like but human to human first let's do human to human is there difference in value of life I don't think there's difference in value of life between humans. However, this is a hard one when people say, like they put up the ultimatum of if there was somebody who was elderly and somebody who was in like their prime, which one would you pick? I think that it is hard because I hate to put like a thing on it, but like who who would uh, progress society further, Yeah, right? Like the, the younger person has so much more to give then well i don't know because like there's so much wisdom here oh my god it's it's so hard because it's like emotionally obviously your like knee-jerk reaction is like no of course not like there's no difference in like value of human life but then you're like when you actually think about it you're like oh fuck like yeah 
yeah yeah i think that's the thing there's there's too many there's too many variables so yes all human life is equal (laughs) yes i think that i would agree with that um and then do you feel like uh human life and animal life is equal or no oh i know i wish that i I questions okay i wish that i i think okay knee-jerk reaction yeah i feel like it is Mm -hmm. but obviously i don't because i am i am eating animals and i would not eat humans so good to know (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing is like obviously i don't in practice i don't yeah because i'm willing to eat animals and i'm not willing to eat humans that even sounds weird to say um (laughs) people are like they're like you had me you had me okay i'm lost (laughs) (laughs) but that is like how i feel so um (laughs) i don't know but that's the thing too is like some plants have like if fucking trees can communicate with each other oh that puts a whole new spin on things now yeah i don't know i guess in practice i guess no but my heart says yes that's fair what is yours say (laughs) um i think that they are of equal value not having anything to do with not eating meat but because um our it's such a delicate sensitive um like biome yeah (laughs) um and i think that that's what's what's really tricky is that like if you were to like again like killing off certain breeds or whatever like that does cause massive shift shift in our world so that impacts humans and that impacts everything else so i feel like in that yeah i do feel like they're equal yeah that's a good point thank you so much yeah that wasn't the worst way to end it. It wasn't the most no. depressing. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Um, we'd love to know your thoughts on the uh, topics we discussed as well. And maybe some of you guys will be more educated in a lot of those than we are. I'm sure you will. But you can tell me and try and hurt my feelings about it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, then guys. we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.